This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bain. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that highlights and promotes entrepreneurs to learn more about their vision, goals, and marketing marketing strategy. I'm your host, Mark Evinger, the owner of Krukus Virtual Staffing, a company that specializes in virtual assistants, hiring them from outside the United States, which is a great resource for small businesses. And I am Heather Baim, a certified business coach and trainer, helping business owners and entrepreneurs gain clarity on their long-term vision and what they can do today to affect that vision. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Jen Hardy, a transformational speaker, coach, NLP trainer and the COO of the Academy of Motive Action. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here today. Awesome. We're also going to talk with Eric Lundquist, a former Navy SEAL and the COO of Method Endeavors. Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Mark. Thanks, Heather. It's awesome to be here. It's a coach-heavy day. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of talent in this room, I think. <laughs> see. A quick reminder for our uh Fans of the show, you can find video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Patreon for our podcast community where you can get exclusive content and a lot of it. Access to the podcast community of entrepreneurs and business owners and the ability to chat with show hosts, guests, and fans of the show. Early notice of guests coming on the show and an opportunity to submit questions you'd like to ask. Early access to special events and much more. If you'd like to be a part of the Let's Talk Business podcast community, head on over to our website at satalkradio.com and click on the link to get started. So quick member recognition. So we got Martha Shonaway from Tangent Tees, uh, Jake and Harper, uh, Rare Form Agency, Keaton Freeberg, Texas Suits, Imad Gerges, Simply Bookkeeping, and Matt Nelson, uh, Peachtree Rose Marketing. He's the one that designed this awesome podcast studio that we're all finding ourselves in today. All right, so I know we got a lot of ground to cover. I, I wanted to actually, we usually do like an initial 10 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of a discussion, uh, but we're all business coaches here. So, uh, Heather, is there a particular place you'd like to start? I mean, I'm really excited just to hear you guys about what led you to this particular area of business. You know, it's not actually in the business, but on the business is your professional jobs. So what gave you that motivation to become coaches. Yeah, let's start with Jen. Oh, motivation to become a coach. That's <laughs> that's a long one. Um, it's actually kind of a funny, I'll give you the big picture story, is that I was a teacher and a coach for 12 years. Um, so I coached athletics for 12 years, but I realized 10 years in that I was doing what I wound up doing, what else could I do? And it made me really curious. So I left a, at the height of my career, at the height of my coaching and teaching career. And in that journey of leaving, I found NLP and had a lot of personal transformation, a lot of growth of letting go of a lot of stuff that was holding me back from things I didn't even know I wanted, like being a public speaker. Um, And within that, the whole journey, like the punchline is I had to leave teaching and coaching to find out that I am a coach. Like that is who I am and that's who I desire to be and how I desire to show up in the world. But I had to leave it to go find like that's what really drives me and what motivates me. Um, But how I got into like business wise is actually more along the lines of the partner that I have with Irina Alexander with the Academy of Motive Action, because I was originally doing women's empowerment type coaching and it was beautiful and it was working wonderfully. And something about how it was packaged, in my opinion, I think was scary because a lot of people don't want to face their stuff, their Mm -hmm. fears and their things or they're not quite ready or I don't know if I'm ready and the way it was being packaged, I felt like had it made it really easy for people to say no. Because like, I don't know if I want to do that yet. I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. Uh, putting it into a business box and saying you're going to perform optimally, you're going to communicate successfully, you know, those kinds of things. 
people saw it from a different angle and they're still realizing I'm going to have to work on my own stuff, but it's going to be related to business. So maybe that's easier. So I have found it easier for people to say yes. So that's working on your own stuff to kind of get past where you're at. Eric, what's your approach in coaching? I mean, I love that because people are finding value. It's the same thing. They just see value from a different perspective. Yeah. I mean, my background is just, you know, with when I was active duty, I'd, I'd get asked to speak everywhere. And uh, at one point, a buddy of mine who owns a business asked me to come by and kind of just help with his guys and his, his employees. And when I started to peel back the onion, I found out it was his fault. Like he was he wasn't performing as a leader. And so over time, I came to San Antonio. I went through an EMBA at UTSA. And one of the exercises we did is like, what, like, what's your purpose? What, where do you, where do you find real satisfaction? And I gave it a lot of thought and I'm a teacher by nature. Like I'm constantly, everything's a lesson with my kids. They probably get annoyed by it. But, um, so, but what brings me joy really is just watching other people succeed. And the one sentence I wrote in this exercise was, I just want people to say, I'm here in part because of Eric. And that's just like super meaningful to me, right? So um, whether that's like helping someone off a down spiral with suicide or, you know, making someone motivated to look at their P&L every Friday, right? So, <laughs> And Heather, what motivates you? I think, you know, it takes a minute to find that for everybody. But for me, I, I really like being that person that can help others find clarity because I think you get energy from clarity. You, you get so wrapped up in your own head. You get so wrapped up in all the things that you want to do. And then it's super overwhelming. And then for me personally, I, I react in like a freeze. And I'm just like, I just want to like tunnel in. Mm -hmm. And so I see that in a lot of people where they're like, there's a billion things I want to do, but I don't know where to start. So I, I don't, don't do start anywhere, mm -hmm. right? I just so common. bury my head in the sand and I either ignore it or I stop doing it. And so I love having those clarifying conversations where people leave with more energy. And that for me is the reason I really like doing what I do because I feel like that clarity of vision directly impacts your energy. And if you have the energy to do something, well, then you can do almost anything, but people like it's a drain on your energy when you don't know what to do next. Well, that can affect your belief system and then that yeah. can affect everything, your output and so forth. So uh, so real quick, I, we, we're going to have quite a discussion, Jen, <laughs> around what you're doing, but let's get clarity <laughs> on what NLP is. Yeah. I know, because I was already like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's like eight directions. I'm like, hee hee. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to be here that? for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, to say it simply, NLP, it's Neuro Linguistic Programming. So it is, it's the study and science of communication. It's the study and science of motivation. Um, and how to understand strategies and patterns to purposefully implement those things. For example, I like to use rapport because most people know what rapport is, right? We already have great rapport in this room, probably just because we're all coaches. But a lot of people aren't natural rapport builders. But a lot of people also don't realize that rapport is something you can intentionally build on purpose and that there's a process for it. So NLP takes a lot of things that we probably already know and do in communication and relationship building and success in motivation and clarity and gives it systems and processes to implement and go do easier and more effectively. It sounds 
complicated and slightly overwhelming. How do you mm-hmm. simplify that for folks? You're going to leave here wanting a yellow Corvette. She's just going to talk <laughs> and you're leaving the hypnosis here. I would say that the, the fact that it is in systems and processes is what makes it simple. Like how to achieve, I'm, I'm going to keep going with rapport because it's such a simple idea. We all know it. We all try to achieve it with people. Um, people just don't realize that to gain rapport with someone, it's as simple as what physiology is going on and how do you match and mirror with that with somebody. So it really does take what sounds like, feels like, seems like really complex topics and it niches it down into like just do this, this and this and boom, like you're moving towards a different direction. How quickly do people pick that up and be able to execute on it? Quite quickly. I mean, we have a, our trainings, our first one is a four day full immersive training, 10 hours a day. And we're implementing those exercises throughout the day as well, building on top of each other so that by the time you leave that day and definitely those four days, you've already got tools and skills you're using immediately. Is that a group situation that you're doing that Mm -hmm. in? We do it in small groups. Like how big? We typically keep them down to 12 people so that they're getting myself and my business partner at a really exclusive level so that we really can integrate and support that transformation happening as soon as they walk out in four days. You try to make it strangers too? Because I feel like if if they're going to practice this, they're going to want to do it with people they don't know to improve mm-hmm. that communication. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we have a monthly mastermind that comes along with that. Nice. So every month we meet on Mondays once a month and they come to us with questions or difficulties or concerns or like, where did you try something that didn't quite work or what are you dealing with? And we support them along the way to make sure that they're getting what they need to actually put it out there in the world and use it. Super cool. And come away with maybe 12 friends. Oh, we have an amazing community of people. Yeah, that's actually part of our selling point is like, (laughs) you know, because who you're connected with is your net worth, right? Your network is your net worth. So how are they connecting then beyond that class? Where are you connecting them? Well, it's interesting because we connect a lot of similar minds. And so like I have like five or six women that came through my program before I I connected with Irina and the Academy of Motive Action. And then there are people in that group that all want to help kids. So like they're finding ways to create their own events to go impact education in elementary schools or at the elementary age. And like, we've got a bunch of realtors that get together and figure out like, hey, let's go practice together. Let's implement this here. Let's host a workshop and bring you in and you in. So there's just a lot of collaboration happening. And in an organized way, like for this show, we launched Patreon, right? Which Mm -hmm. is a way to kind of aggregate everybody together so that we can continue those relationships, right? Are you doing anything like that where people who go through your courses, now they become part of something that is this community of folks that are like-minded? I mean, we have that community that we're communicating. We've, we've got a Marco Polo that we keep going. I don't know if anybody knows go. what that is. We love Marco Polo because if they have questions in between the calls, we want to be able to support them. It's not mm-hmm. like, hey, you're just off in la-la land by yourself. Like, we want to help you out. Um, so the Marco Polos and then the Mastermind are ways that we keep them connected. And then they have access to us if they need us as well. Um, and then a lot of them come back and assist. They just love to come back and be a part of the programs that we do. So... And I think that's one thing about like networking that people don't really realize. It's one thing to go out and just meet new people and build your database, but it's another thing to completely plug into a community. So what was the the traction that you saw when you switched from going at it from a women's empowerment and kind of, I, I see where that can be kind of scary. It's like, you got to fix yourself <laughs> internally yeah. and like, that's terrifying to the business owner perspective where it's like personal growth leaders or readers it's just one of those mindsets that a lot of business owners adopt because they realize that they need continual improvement Mm. what were the results from that shift 
the results in what way specifically? So you marketed from women and, and kind of going that one direction to focusing on business owners with your partner. Mm -hmm. And once you made that shift, you said you saw different results. Like it made it harder to say no. Yeah. Well, and beyond that, it was even being asked to do workshops, being asked mm -hmm. to do master classes, um, having opportunities to go into a brokerage, for example, and host a 10 week program. So it didn't always have to be just this immersive training that we offered. Now we have these other lanes that have opened up that we can get to people and get them content that makes a difference for them if they're not ready to say yes to four full days. Mm -hmm. um, so it really opened up to me, it opened up the possibility for more people to have access to the content and more people to have access to us. And where do you guys see it going from here? Oh, there's so <laughs> many things. We're on, we are like, like December and January is how did 23 go and what do we want now? And I would say one of two of our biggest shifts, um, one is that our, we have a choice change in action at our three different programs. And one of those is very transformational. It's more in timeline therapy, hypnosis, very unconscious, subconscious level reprogramming. And we're going to turn that into a full-on retreat that's going to be in Arizona in April. And we're so excited to do that one because we've never yeah, done that before. That. And I'm like, retreat-style training, bring it on. Um, and then there's been a lot, since I've been speaking a lot over the last year, I've had a lot of people that are interested like because they know my story. I used to have a complete and utter terror of speaking in front of people, and now I do it as part of my living. They're like, how did you mm -hmm. do that? Um, so there's a lot of people that are interested in speaking better, speaking more clearly, more concisely and having less fear. So we're actually building a speakeasy training uh -huh. that'll be happening at the end of January. And the mm -hmm. password is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The password is the voice. So <laughs> speaking of the fear, though, I, I know we talked in the pre-show about that sabotage mindset that you guys work on. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and how you guys, you know, implement tools to help people overcome it? Absolutely. It's said so many different ways, like where your focus goes, your anybody energy flows. Oh, I always say when you focus on expands. That that's too. Why I learned. There's, focus that's why I goes, your energy goes. Yeah, where your focus goes, your energy flows. Um, there's also Brendan Bruchard, big time coach, also says it's not a motivation problem. It's a focus problem. Mm. Right. And they're all saying the same thing. What you are focusing on is what you're going to get. And I, I think a lot of people miss that. Right. Is what it's we have an exercise where it's like, hey, look around the room and see how much brown you can find. And it's like, OK, brown, close your brown, eyes. And brown. then how much blue can you remember? And they're like, huh? it's like if you look for brown, you're going to find it. Right. So mm -hmm. what you look for, you will find. So when it comes to sabotage, when it comes to fear, it's what are you focusing on? And it, it does sound it is that simple. Just sometimes it doesn't feel that easy. Right? And it's retraining yourself on what is it you're focusing on. That's piece number one. And number two, what meaning are you giving it? Because we are the meaning making machines. I related to the there's a movie the the Patriot right aim mm -hmm. small miss small mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. which it flows or if you buy a red Toyota pickup truck now you look yeah. and you see them everywhere kind mm -hmm. of a situation right the RAS yeah I was gonna say it's literally a science we got the reticular activating system mm -hmm. if you guys are gonna use big words like uh, I don't know, <laughs> we're just gonna sit right here tell it to me like I'm four I'm gonna get into the medial prefrontal cortex here soon oh so you're <laughs> Like your four, there's a piece of your brain that when it sees something that's important, it goes, ooh, that's important, and it starts to see it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Just like buying a red Toyota, and now you see a red Toyota everywhere. So can you give some example of like things that you see often in that? Like, Is it around money? Is it around being overwhelmed? Like, What are some examples of how it shows up? Because I feel like some people are listening to this, they're like, woo-woo. <laughs> yeah, you that's get extra points me. if you can focus on how people focus on 
failing in their business or being broke, mm. and that's where they end up. Easy. How are they raised? What is their environment? What education do they have? Do they not have? What were they told? What were they not told? Who did they honor? Who did they not? Who did they reject? What religion do they have? What spiritual beliefs do they have? All of those things are creating filters. They're all creating the glasses that we're all looking through. Mm. And that's the difference between if you, I mean, COVID-19 was a great example. We had mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine. And that boiled down to filters. It boiled down to what do you believe, but then where did those beliefs come from? Where were they fostered through? What were they educated through? What were they accepted or rejected from? Mm -hmm. And that creates your lens of how you're going to receive something. So some of the most common things are definitely, I can't take that risk, right? I can't take that jump, can't take that risk, not, especially right now, goodness mm -hmm. gracious, right? Everybody, I feel like, is just retracting. It's just so like, you do corrective lens surgery. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Corrective lens surgery. <laughs> yes. So when the people are coming to you, so... where are they stuck? They're usually stuck in what's next. That's what that's been most common lately is what's next. It, whether it's I want to up level or it's I want a whole new direction. And that's terrifying in and of itself. Like I've had even in my own women's programs and the mode of action programs, had a lot of people end up leaving their career, probably because that's what I did. <laughs> you tend to attract what you've ever, what, you know, you're the best person to coach your old path, right? Mm -hmm. Who want to leave their old career and go to something new. Or we have quite a few CEO, COO, VP level, huge programming, the VP of USAA that's directly under the CEO. She's done nothing but in the last three years since she's gone through every program with us. So just up level, up level, up level. When I hear fear a lot, Fear. You know, fears, yeah, that word's been used quite a bit. Eric, how do you approach it in your business when it comes to dealing? Are people coming to you because they're fearful or they're indecisive? Why are they coming to you for help? Um, well, a couple of different things. They'll, they'll come because, yeah, they're fearful of the unknown or, they, or the same thing. They want, they want to scale um, in, in the coaching business. In, in Method Endeavors, they come because they have a problem. Our, our slogan is we create options. So companies that have high risk profile situations um, where they have people stuck in locations that are maybe high conflict, they'll come to us for, for solutions. Okay, give uh, me an example. Uh, last year we had a, a privately, I'm sorry, a publicly traded software company that had about 30% of their engineer operation in Ukraine. And so... They were stuck and they needed a solution quick. And we were able to deploy some former special operations guys in 18 hours. And we were in Ukraine working on getting them out. So can you be more specific? Yeah. I mean, so these are, these are families, you know, and these are men who um, are conscripted into the military because of the conflict, but they needed to get out of the country. Okay. And so we were, basically involved in in figuring out a very low visibility method of getting them across the border to other years eastern european countries i wouldn't put that in a coaching category what category are you putting that in operations yeah operations. well so operational support and like that's i said that's a serious operational support right we're not no, doing that in the rest of the no. strategy and logistics mm -hmm. yeah i mean really key. like where where our and my skill set shines is project management. I mean, that's what it is. You're running operations. So, um, so when, you know, I look at, I look at, um, 
systems and processes and timelines in, in sort of a project perspective. And so what I do to create that focus is I create, you know, it's as simple as smart goals. So I, I, I was talking, teasing you about the prefrontal cortex, but as soon as you, you write these goals down, you automatically have engaged your reticulating active system. You've, you've put that in front of your mind and your mind in the background will start to work on solutions and recognize opportunities. So the RES is developed because your, your mind has so much going on and you're, you're, you're just flooded with stimuli that it really can't handle everything you're seeing and feeling. And so it, it just looks at identify like, okay, say saber tooth tiger. Oh, got to look out for that guy. Right. I mean, that's why it was like probably developed in our brain. And so, but if you program that, through corrective lens surgery, you overcome all of those obstacles. And a great book is The Body Keeps the Score. So, but so you, you, you program that, put that, put this goal in your mind, smart goal with winner language, not loser language. Like I want to, I will is how you said it. And, and recite it in some kind of mantra, visualize it. Now you've just opened up like this myopic view of whatever you got going on. Oh, I'm broke to w- being able to observe and take advantage of opportunities as they come your way. What's your typical client profile? Uh, medium sized business guy, you know, an owner or a gal owner who's still running around doing everything, not working on the business, but they're in the business. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I feel like, to an extent, yours kind of aside, because I feel like people don't immediately go neurolinguistic, neuro-lingu- I can't even say it. NLP, program. right? That's NLP not what they think. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of business owners look at it and they're like, okay, yeah, we know we, we should be doing this, whatever, we don't need a coach. So where are some of those areas that you find they know they should be doing this, but they're not? And some ways that you get them to overcome that. Because mm-hmm. it's one thing to write down your goals. Like, I will produce a million dollars in revenue by the end of 2024. You do see some people do that, but then they don't actually execute it. So what are some things you guys run into with those type of people? Um, I would say a lot of times with business owners, especially that have small teams, they're always wanting to fix the bottom of the pyramid. Mm-hmm. And since you said it was okay to cuss, shit rolls downhill. <laughs> <laughs> like... If you're trying to fix the bottom of the pyramid, you're starting at the wrong place when it comes to management employees ownership because they're do- they're doing whatever they're doing because something's going on up here and rolling down. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times business owners or that upper level management, even C-suite, they're like, we need to fix this. We need to fix them down here, down here, down here. And I'm like, well, actually, we really need to start up here. Like, what's going on with you? How, how are you handling things? What is coming out of your mouth? What are they witnessing? What are they seeing? What do they know is okay and not okay? And you start digging into that and you realize that all the problems that they're dealing with that they want fixed, it's like, well, if we work with you first, how all of that's going is going to shift because our belief systems limit the people we speak to, engage with just as much as they limit ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if you already have a lens of your employees of a certain way, that's the only way they can show up. So you've got to change your own lens first so that they have a chance to show up newly differently. And that's going to make a much quicker, much more efficient impact in company culture, in efficiency, in effectiveness. 
Man, you really said so much right there. <laughs> like, yeah, I think for me it's like so military, right? So I put in I put in checklists, and then it just becomes accountability. You know, if if I tell you like who like we're really polarity wise in the U.S. like politically polarized right now. <laughs> so if I tell you like what's the other side that you hate, write them a five hundred dollar check and give it to me. And if you don't do X, Y, Z, like if I don't see you, a picture of you in the gym every day at 530, I'm sending it off to that party's thing. And you've just donated 500 bucks to whoever you, you can't say I heard that approach before. <laughs> I like it. Though. What yeah. I think is interesting here, though, is like we have two very successful like coaches and business owners and you come at it from very different approaches, but you both recognize each other's like yours is very like you got to focus on the internal and change you and yours is like project management practicality here like yes we need to know what you're going but like here's a checklist mm -hmm. so have you seen like the more internal lens change come up in your your area of business well i mean so culture is important it's mm -hmm. massively important so my background like it just was already there because of the barrier of entry right like mm -hmm. it's really tough to get through seal training so yeah. at the other side of that we have this culture that's pretty amazing so um, you know, like 3M didn't really start that way, but they figured it out. You know, I, I read Lencioni and I, le I read Collins and it talks about, and they talk about really getting that right, getting those core values right, and then hiring on those principles instead of trying to like grow this from the bottom. Mm -hmm. And if you do all that stuff right at the beginning, then it's a lot easier to manage as, as you go forward. Mm -hmm. But if I have to correct that stuff, then it's, then it's really, then it goes into, you know, difficult conversations and necessary endings. Which are also other book drops I just did. Maybe the vice versa question. Yeah, <laughs> um, I would say the people that we attract, it's they are system and processing their people to death, and because it, it's not the problem. Mm -hmm. And we say we deal with people who are dealing with not the problem; they're dealing with the symptoms. And the symptom is let's keep working on systems and processes. It must be the systems. It must be the processes. It must be the systems. It must be the processes. And I'm like, do you want to do something and get a different result? Because <laughs> you've obviously been doing this for a while and it's not making a difference. It's you. You know, and so, <laughs> it's you. yeah. So for me, it's, it's the opposite. They don't, they've been so focused on we need to know how, 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 where, 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 when, 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 all the details that they forget like about the people and they forget about building the culture, focusing on themselves. I mean, my business partner, the whole reason she built this company was because she burned out of her own. She was top 1.6% of women-owned businesses in a male-dominated industry in AC and heating. And she left because she just got burned out because she was working in and on the business, mm -hmm. you know, and she realized how much business owners need to recognize how to not be the business. And so we're really working on that mindset for them to have that freedom and get back to loving life and enjoying what they do, right? The whole reason we do what we do, the why. Um, but they're so busy having to clean up the messes that they forgot to enjoy what they do and how. All right. Yeah, don't write me off on that. Like, it's about <laughs> the people. Oh, yeah. No, I got 100% <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. So let me pitch you guys a question that I heard come up quite a bit in, in a BizConnect thing I was doing last week. And it, it was around bandwidth because everyone was like, yeah, 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 creating a culture of accountability and, and creating that culture that people want to come to. It sounds great. But what does it look creating that bandwidth for yourself to be able to step back and work on the business, not in the business when you're in it? Mm -hmm. So I want to hear both of y'all's like responses to that, because that's something I think as coaches people come up against a lot. 
It's how do I create the bandwidth to do this work on the business that you're saying I need to do so bad or that I see the need for so bad, but I can't quite seem to find. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's about the people. So if they have, they have to put the trust in there and give them ownership. If you give, if you give ownership, I've found to people that are working on things, not only do they respect it, but remember, remember when we used to get, you remember those AOL free AOL minutes used to get at Blockbuster? <laughs> no, no, I don't remember. Come that. on, dude. No. You <laughs> I remember Blockbuster, no. but I don't remember That's, the AOL. So minutes. you go and get this AOL dial-up free, like ten free minutes or whatever, but it's oh free. Gosh. Like you get it free, right? So you toss it in the back of your car. You never think about it because it's free, right? So if if you're just if if a leader is hovering over and like dictating or micromanaging that employee is never going to have any intrinsic value in the job Mm-mm. until they take ownership of something. And, and that allows the, the owner or the leader to, to back off and work upward. Can I play devil's advocate here? Because I, I feel like that is a common trend. Like you want ownership and empowerment. It was literally a slide in my slide deck. I'm just, uh, but I see a lot of immediate, you mean I want to, I should give them equity in my business and it's like, mm, so what's your response to that? Because I come up against that a lot and we walk through it. But I, I'm interested to hear how oh, you. I remember talking about contracts. But no, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Equity, I don't know. Maybe if it's a small business, I don't know. Like, is if there anything you recommend like for some, giving them that ownership without being like your own part yes. of the company is kind of. Well, just your name is on this. Like, you, what is your idea? How can we, like, look, I have so. I, I was good at what I did, but when I had 30 people, I'm like, you're good at this, dude. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, you do it. And then they were, their ideas are so much better than mine. Right. And then their names on it. And then we implement it. And it's just, it's way more successful than I could have dreamed about, you know? Yeah. No. So. Cause I have, well, I'm going to have two different. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I want to answer the question you just gave. And I also want to answer the one you gave a minute ago <laughs> <laughs> about the. So why don't we start from the the top then and go to the original question and, and then. Well, let me, I or, feel like it makes more sense to, to feed off what he just said and then circle back okay. around for a second. If you can remember the original question, cause <laughs> okay. I just, I just put it over here for a minute. Um, but to the ownership point of not being equity, but being mm-hmm. ownership. So something that we do with companies, especially because we work with smaller companies is we build values, the company values, we build them as a company. It's mm-hmm. not the owner comes in and says, this is what we're doing and why. It's the owner comes in, the team comes in, and they are creating the company values and core values together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they understand, why am I even doing this? What is the point? And it's, it's not just what are they and what do they mean, but why are they important and how are we going to achieve them each and every day as a unit? Mm-hmm. What are we going to hear? What are we going to see? What are we going to feel? Who's going to do what? How are they going to do it? Right? And again, what does it mean and why is it important? So we're, we're building the value of the company as a team. And mm-hmm. therefore, there's ownership because now I know, especially the Gen Zs and the millennials, now I know why I'm even doing this. Mm-hmm. And the, the purpose for it and the direction that we're actually heading versus, hey, I need this complete today. This is why. But mm-hmm. where's it going? What's the point? Because millennials and Gen Z, they are bigger picture. They want to know they're making an impact. They want to know I'm making a difference in the world. They whereas the baby boomers are like, do it because I said so. Yeah. So that's what, when I hear buy-in, that's what I think is how do I get you involved in what we're creating? Yeah. Take pride in what you're doing. Because, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting to see how often ownership 
gets black and white translated into equity. And it's like, no, you can take ownership in a task. You can take ownership in your work. But it is. It just a lot of the time like you're telling me to give equity to people. No. And it's like, whoa, that's a whole different contractual yeah. ball game. It's and it's, that's, that's where they go. Yeah, <laughs> and it it's is. too it easy. Is it's too easy. It's too easy. Too you easy. come in and you, you maybe you're fancy with some of your words for a short period of time and then you're getting long-term equity in a company. That's way too fast. Yeah. yeah. But what's funny about that is it's also not a driving force for a lot of people, especially Gen Z and millennials. They don't give a shit about getting equity in the company. They want to know they're making a difference. It's like right. telling me you're going to pay me more. You're going to give me a mm-hmm. bonus. Well, they're not driven by the money the same way that other generations were. Well, Elon Musk, just that whole thing that's blowing up on the Internet now yeah. where he's like, you know, people are pulling advertising from him like Disney, for he's example. He's a now. And he's like, he doesn't care, right? I mean, he used different choice words there, but he's like, you know, that's just not – you can't bribe him with money. That's not – Yeah. to well, your there's point. there's a survey, yeah, of, of uh, multiple age groups. Like what is it that is a driving force? In, in where you're at, in its purpose. Mm-hmm. And, it, and like money's a distant second. So, well, and I guess that brings us back to the original because the, the original question was like people struggling with creating the bandwidth to work on the business, yeah, which is generally a lot of the time they, they hire coaches. Yeah. And for your answer, it was to give your people ownership to take some of that, that task bandwidth off of your plate so you are freed up to work on it what would be your answer if you've got someone coming to you and being like i don't even have time to work on myself let alone longer picture vision of my business because i am running it right now in ragged yep and that's the first place i would start is you've got to start with you and that's i mean winston churchill like massively successful if you read his stuff i mean it was imperative to him to have time to read, to go for a walk, to have his whiskey, whatever it was, his time was was non-negotiable. I need this 45 minutes to an hour every day, and when I get it, I produce three times as much. Mm-hmm. And I've tested this with my own clients, the ones who are like, well, how am, how am I supposed to do that? And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care if you have to get up 30 <laughs> minutes earlier. I just, just give me 10 days. That's it. 10 days. And the beautiful part is almost always it happens in one day. One client in particular that I'm thinking of right now, um, she worked with JB Goodwin, a high, high performing realtor. And she's like, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, I just want you to give me, give me 20, 20 minutes a day where you do something that lights you up. And she's like, well, I love to be able to read in the morning and do my devotional. And I'm like, beautiful. Have you been doing that? She's like, well, no. I'm like, okay, so 20 minutes a day, that's it. I'm like, how are you going to do it? She's like, I'm going to have to get up earlier. I'm like, well, can you give me 10 days of earlier? And she's like, fine. And she did it. The next day she texted me, told me it ended up being 30 minutes, not 20. And she did. She said her words, I got more done today than I've gotten done in months. And she actually upped it to an hour within three days and was still getting more done. Because people, we live in this stupid effing do culture Got to do, got to do, got to do. We're defined by what we do and how much we do. And it's bullshit. It's complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's who are you going to be? If you don't focus on who you're being, everything is going to smack you in the face constantly. And you're not going to feel like you have time. Mm-hmm. So you've got to start focusing on I can on relate you. to that, too, because I, I'm actually I'm a creative person. And so when I can take time to you know, enjoy something that I like doing, it actually does fuel me yeah. better throughout the day. Uh, my wife is more of that do, do, do kind of a thing, but she has her exercise time. That's for her, and that fuels her throughout the day. Yep. You know what I mean? So what are your thoughts on that, Eric? 100%. I mean, like, the 
the president has time to work out. <laughs> Is right? that a joke? <laughs> Have you seen our president? What? Hey. <laughs> I mean, General in history, in oh, okay, the you. president, I didn't say Mr. Biden. <laughs> I mean, look, he still gets right, on and off the bike. Oh, oh, yeah. But, but no, I mean, like, if, if the highest executive in the world has time to work out, because his team will make him, I'm sure of it, right? Yep. Then you have time. That's a great point. Mm. Words of wisdom. All right, guys, we're about out of time on our show. Uh, Jen, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, the easiest way, I mean, you can find me on all the social medias, as, as you love my social media handle, the underscore Jen Hardy. Um, and you can also find us at the Academy of Motive Action on all of the different social media platforms or online. Our website is um, motiveaction.academy. And it's not .com, and it's not HTTP. It's literally just motiveaction.academy. <laughs> and that'll take you to our website. Cool. Eric, awesome. if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Eric underscore L at methodendeavors.com. What are you on social media? I am Eric underscore Lundquist17 on Instagram. Hmm. Any significance on the 17? Is that like a lucky number? Is I have it? no idea. <laughs> it's the 16 and accepted. through one was taken. <laughs> 16 oh, okay. <laughs> there were all right. 16 no. Eric Lund was before oh, you. All right. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate that. Uh, quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast version of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. And a quick reminder to join our Patreon community so you can be a part of all the successful stuff we got going on. Our first ever quarterly, we're going to be doing them quarterly, Mixer mm-hmm. was sold out within like two and a half yeah. weeks. Um, I think we're going to launch another round of tickets, though. Two and a half that. weeks. What timeline are you on? Those two and a oh, half. Oh, your since ticket we, sales. Yeah, ticket okay. sales. Yeah. I thought you meant the, the mixer was going to be in two and a half weeks, and I was like, oh. you, you're wrong. It's like January a month. 25th, 2024. <laughs> I haven't ordered the chairs yet. Did you guys get your tickets? I did. Eric? Not yet. You probably didn't know. You opened that other round. Yeah. Huh? Well, I, I don't even know if I'm going to be in town, <laughs> if I'm going to be out of the country or where. So. Yeah. All right, Mr. Steele. All right, guys. Uh, Thanks a lot for coming in. You guys did a great job. Thank you. Thank you.